Hello and welcome. My name is Pastor Shane Britt, and it is such an honor to have you join our podcast today. I pray that you will find something uplifting and encouraging in the word you are about to hear. Also, please feel free to connect with us via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. I'm so excited about what you're about to hear. Let's dive right into the Word of God. As you remain standing, I want to read one portion of Scripture, and you'll see it on the screen. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 23. And I will read from the Amplified Version. You will see the King James. And it reads like this, And be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind. And be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind. You may have said, I didn't even know my mind had a spirit. We're going to help each other tonight with the help of the Lord. I want to teach to you for a few moments or a little bit tonight on this subject. Renewing the spirit of your mind. If you're going to help me tonight, you may be seated. The spirit of our minds. As I began to look at this, and I began to study all of the effects of the mind. And if we take just a few moments and you begin to think about everything you see in a 24-hour period. Everything you listen to in a 24-hour period. Everything you're distracted by in a 24-hour period. We're not talking about seven days. We're talking about 24 hours. It makes you often wonder what the spirit of your mind truly looks like. When I, when I read that scripture afresh today, the spirit of your mind in the above scripture that I just read indicates a mental mood or a frame of mind. Don't for one moment think that advertising agencies, commercials, promos on social media do not know what they are doing. Now our devices, you mention a word, you mention a city, you mention a trip, a vacation, and within mere moments on your cell phone, you're going to see pop-ups, you're going to see advertising. Uh, with just this week, we had it happen uh, to us. We were talking about a city, and on my wife's phone, it come up advertising uh, certain elements from that area. So our mental mood and the frame of our minds are being shaped by what we see, by what we hear, by how we feel. The word, when you look at it, implies that everyone is susceptible to what we know as mood swings. Now, I don't need any husbands punching their wives when I just said that. But mood swings, us, us men have those too sometimes. It further instructs us that if we are going to avoid the damaging influence of a bad mood, we should constantly be renewing the spirit of our minds. When you look at this subject, and when you look at the, the, the magnitude of it, it's safe to conclude that without renewal, the spirit of our mind will by nature downgrade. We would be pulled by the, by the nature's gravity to feelings of self-pity, feelings of hopelessness, feelings of fear, 
Feelings of anxiety, feelings of worry, feelings of sadness, feelings of frustration. Anybody relate to what I'm saying tonight? But renewal, somebody say renewal, will protect us from the destructive behavior that a bad mood will cause in our lives. What do you mean a bad move? Let me give you some examples. Maybe you set an alarm clock, but it doesn't go off and you're late for work. Maybe you, you started out in plenty of time. I can remember going to Huntsville, driving to work, and just on that day, it would be road work, detours, construction, and slower traffic caused you to be late, getting you in a bad mood. What about getting halfway to a destination to remember you forgot something at home? Maybe you get to work and the school nurse calls and says your child isn't feeling well. And you have to cancel important meetings, a conference call, and you have to go to the school and pick up your child and deal with an unexpected situation. Or prepare your cup of coffee, heading to work, trying to get out the door, and you spill that coffee on you, and you're in a bad mood. Circumstances can affect the mood of our minds on a daily basis. But Scripture encourages us to be constantly renewed in the spirit of our minds. You see, the mood of mind is not a sin, but it can lead to sin. Even deeper, a mood of mind can become a stronghold of the mind. By renewing our mind or renewing the spirit of our mind out of a temporary mood, That's what I'm encouraging us to do tonight because if we don't, then that mood settles into a permanent condition of the mind. 2 Corinthians 10, 4-5, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. In the NIV it says we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. I want you to notice the explanation for strongholds, their arguments, pretensions, and thoughts. Imagine our petty argumentative moods, our pretensions and thoughts becoming strongholds. Biblical meaning of the word stronghold is fortified. Or a well-protected dwelling. So how do we renew the spirit of our minds? I'm glad you asked. I am thankful tonight that we have the opportunity to use spiritual weapons to renew our mind daily in Christ. The spiritual weapons of the Word of God. That can change the spiritual mood of our minds. How about prayer? How about faith and how about confession? How about reliance on God to help us through these temporary seasons so they don't become permanent seasons? You see these weapons break down and call break down the mind and it breaks down the attacks and it breaks down those spiritual moods and it causes the mind to surrender to the higher thoughts taught in the Word of God. 
And when we apply these, when we, we understand this, when those warning signs and when those things that show up on the spiritual radar, you can recognize that's an attack from the enemy. I don't need to give way to that. That's nothing but a distraction. God's doing too much in our family right now. The enemy's at war. Their enemy's fighting. He's trying to get husbands and wives at each other. He's trying to get siblings going at each other. So, so how do we do this? I call it mood management. Control of your feelings by way of renewal is what I will refer to as mood management. And I don't want you to over-spiritualize this, but it will cause a person to overlook practical and proven methods of renewal. But when we deny the spiritual implications of a mood of a mind, it is, it is to create a superficial or a shallow change rather than a genuine internal transformation. See, it's very easy when, when, when we're doing with this and we can, well, that's just my personality. Or, or my dad was like that or my mom was like that, so I guess I'm going to have to be like that. And we accept how we are and we refuse to change when God's trying to escort us into a season of renewing our mind and becoming who God created us to become. Hallelujah. Romans 12 and 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and prove what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Mood management has spiritual significance, but we must approach it in a practical manner. So three common feelings that must be managed. So when our, when our mind and the spirit of our mind is not renewed, what are common feelings that we must manage? Somebody say anger. Anger is a common feeling that must be managed. Did you know, and I'm dating myself, one of the highest selling applications on your phone a few years ago was Angry Bird. Popular, a popular television show at one time was Mad Men. And I believe it's safe to say we live in an angry world. Anger is something we are allowed to feel momentarily. But it is, however, a non-productive feeling which can cause us to self-destruct. Not to mention abuse or hurt others in the process. Words are often said while angry that can never be taken back. I've seen marriages, I've seen children affected by what is said during a moment of anger. And when the person has moved on, the individuals that were spoken to have to live the rest of their lives hearing the words that were spoken and have to process those things long after the event of anger. They lay in their beds at night and they replay the event and the words that are spoken. So by managing our anger causes us to ask, what can I learn from this? Is it possible I'm making matters worse by being angry? Is there something I may not know or be aware of that would cause this emotion? 
is it merely a misunderstanding that good communication could remedy? Sometimes, I've learned that sometimes a good mature conversation can clear up most misunderstandings. Proverbs 19.11 says, Good sense makes a man restrain his anger, and it is his glory to overlook a transgression or an offense. That's word right there. Discretion of a man deferreth his anger. Or good sense make a man to restrain his anger. Ephesians 4.26, when angry, do not sin. Do not let your wrath, your expiration, the Amplified says, your fury or indignation last until the sun goes down. I believe God has put his spirit in us to help us control our anger. Number two, you ever felt troubled? Talking about controlling the mood of our mind or the spirit of our mind. This is what we feel when you don't understand something that is important to you. Like all feelings, if not dealt with, they can intensify. Remember, there will always be questions unanswered. Things you don't understand. Things that don't make sense. Those, those why, the W-H-Y of life. You just don't understand why this happened. Many of you sit in this room and you, you, you've got so many things that you want. You say, why did that happen? Why did God allow? And your spirit gets troubled and the spirit of your mind is troubled. You see, the need to understand is a God-given curiosity that can produce knowledge and growth in us. But it is when that curiosity escalates and we fear the unknown that our mood of mind will shift into trouble. I'm worrisome. I'm fearful. I'm afraid. I'm worried. All I'm just troubled. This happened to the disciples of Christ when they did not understand the future. Who's going to be the greatest? What are you talking about? A kingdom coming. And, and, and one moment he's prophesying a kingdom coming. And another, he, in three days I'm going to lay this temple down and I'm going to raise it up. And he finally has to step on the scene in John chapter 14. And he says, do not let your hearts be troubled. You don't understand truly what I'm doing, but I'm telling you the message that Christ was telling his disciples was simple. Do not let. Don't do it. it when I read that this afternoon, it gave me the word picture that we have control over what we let happen in our mind. Hear me in the Holy Ghost on this Wednesday night. Trust God. Even when you don't understand. Trust God when you only see the pieces of the puzzle lying on a table and you're wondering how it's all going to come together. How it's all going to work out for my good. I have to trust Him. But I must not be troubled. 
My mind will play games with me. My mind will play games with my emotions. But when I step across that the threshold of trust and I embrace it, I say, God, I trust your timing in all things. All things will work together for my good. I trust your will in all things. I know you're working even when I cannot see it, even when I can't discern it. What I choose to let my mind do is trust God. I trust Him because I cannot live troubled. I cannot live angry because if the enemy can't get you angry, And he can't get you troubled. Let me tell you what weapon he's going to bring out of his arsenal. He's going to bring discouragement. Because it ain't, all the prayers I prayed hadn't happened yet. I prayed for answers. I prayed for healing. I prayed for my children. I prayed for this. And it hadn't happened yet. And then we get discouraged. And when I looked at discouraged, it is the condition of lacking courage or hope or confidence. Then we begin to question God, not all the time verbally, but our confidence in God and confidence in His Word, it becomes diminished and we wonder, will it ever happen? But discouragement is an, is an enemy that's opposing your faith. It's opposing your prayers. It's opposing your good works. It's opposing your relationships and greater, maybe greater than all of them. It's opposing your joy. Because if I can get you discouraged, what joy do I have? What hope do I have that a better day's coming? What hope do I have that things are going to work out? And it jeopardizes relationships that God has connected. I get discouraged, I feel hopeless. It's not limited to these sevens, but seven reasons why people get discouraged. Too many demands on their time. Have you looked at your calendar lately? It'll cause you to get discouraged. Not enough hours in a day. Got so many jobs to be at. Got so many places to go. Got so many events to be at. So many things going on. I got to take this kid here. Got to go here. Got to be here. And we get so many demands in our life. We can get discouraged. What about when you feel misunderstood, you get discouraged. When you feel powerless to change an an undesired circumstance. When you're drained by the needs of others. You get discouraged by feelings of insignificance. Do I even really matter? I feel so insignificant. Discouragement comes in. What about you get discouraged when you feel like you have failed? Here's one. Repeated hardships cause you to get discouraged. Will this ever end? I get my back fixed, then my hip starts hurting. I get my hip fixed, then my knee starts hurting. You kind of get where I'm. Will this ever end? Discouragement sets in. But here's here's what happens. Feelings can be triggered by both real and imagined incidences in our life. Severity ranges, you know, you just have some feelings. You have a bad day. 
But then those bad days start, then it's bad weeks, and then it can lead to clinical depression because you get discouraged. You feel hopeless. You feel helpless. You feel insignificant. But hear me in the Holy Spirit. I feel this so strong in the Holy Ghost for a word from the Lord for somebody. One of the greatest opponents of discouragement is action. Doing the exact opposite of what you feel like doing. Well, I don't feel like worshiping. That's the time you clap your hands. That's the time you open your mouth. I feel so discouraged. Why do you you feel like a hypocrite? But do it anyway. That's what's going to drive that spirit of discouragement away from your mind. And your mind will be renewed. Well, I don't feel like coming to church. Come to church anyway. I don't feel like being involved. Get involved anyway. The the list could go on and on and on and on and on. But if you get this in your spirit tonight, you do what you don't feel like doing. You do the opposite. Discouragement causes us to feel the need to withdraw and be inactive. Well, they'll never miss me. Oh, yeah, we will. The body will miss you because nobody can take your place. Nobody has the same fingerprint as you. Nobody has the same witness as you. Nobody has the testimony that you have. You belong here. And the enemy will use discouragement to try to divide the body and try to discourage you away from this house. Hallelujah. When I look at discouragement, many homes have lawns unkept. Clutter is in excess. Paint that is chipping on the home. There is so much... But it's not because the homeowner doesn't have time. Many times that's not the case. But in fact, they spend most of the time inside their house eating and watching TV. You know why? Because that's what they feel like doing. Withdrawal makes it harder to be proactive. I'll just stay in here and I'll I'll stay on the couch. I'll stay in the recliner. It'll get done sometime, someday, some way. But one must counteract the destructive feeling of withdrawal and inactivity by becoming active. Somebody say active. I'm coming for you tonight. Social. Well, I'm an introvert. Well, we, we, if you really look at the, if you really look at what introvert means, it doesn't mean to be 100% secluded away from humanity. It means you get recharged when you go back and are by yourself. But you got to step out of that and you got to be around people and then go back to your house, get recharged, but then get out and get social, be around people, interact with people, then retreat back for rest and relaxation. Withdrawal makes it harder to be proactive. When one must counteract the destructive feeling of withdrawal and inactivity, you must become active, you must become social, and you must become productive. I got scripture for that. Elijah was discouraged in 1 Kings 19, and the angel got him out of the cave and said, get up and get going. Sometimes that's all you need. Get in your car, 
Drive down the road. Get out of the prison that your home has created and let the mood of your mind change from the norm. Your spirit's going to feel. Go down, go to McDonald's, go to O'Brien's, do something, but just break the monotony of life. Get up and get going. Your mind is going to get renewed. You've got to start. <laughs> the greatest weapon against mood swings is action. Start doing something for God. Get addicted to the ministry of the saints. Get excited about the things of God. Get excited that 39 people got baptized last year. Thirty-nine people went down in the name of Jesus. That ought to get your mind renewed. That ought to get you excited. If it worked then in 2020, how many are going to get baptized in 2023? You see, when you start thinking about the future and you start thinking about somebody else and you get your mind off of discouragement. How can I serve? How, can I be a greeter? Can I be an usher? Can I, can, can I work? Can I, what, what can I do? Can I get a mop? Can I get a broom? Can I get some Windex and some paper towel? Can I come by the church and pray? Y'all don't think this prayer room is working. Let me tell you what happened today. I didn't know how I was going to work this in. We sold my wife's vehicle yesterday. Thank the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We sold her infinity. Man, come by. We began to talk. Instant connection in the spirit. He came by the church today, picked up the bill of sale. He said, I'd like to tour your building. Walked through. I said, I'm going to be honest with you up front. I know this building looks, you know, small from the outside, but come on in. We've got 26,500 square feet. We began to walk through this church. He said, oh, my God. I'd have never thought this building was this big. We walked in and out. His dad, Brother Paul, was the response. He owned Mason Morgan. His dad did. He was wondering if the chandelier was hanging out there, and I explained the story of how the chandelier, went due to the wiring issue, our electrician wouldn't. Did not feel comfortable putting it up in this new building. It was a fire hazard. And so anyway, we walked down this hallway. We walked in that prayer room. I said, this is our prayer room. I said, you see all these flags on the wall? I said, this is the countries we support in missions. And when I said the word mission, he had a hat on when he walked in, the when he walked in that room. He took that hat off. He looked at me. He said, I don't know what's in this room, but there's something in this room. He said, I feel something in this room. <laughs> he said, I feel it from the top of my head. I'm not exaggerating. Sister Lindsay heard it in her office. He said, I feel chills going down my spine as we walked down. Eyes glazed over as he felt the spirit of the living God as he walked in our prayer room. Don't tell me that prayer doesn't change the mood of a mind. 
We've been praying prayers in that room now for months. And God sent a stranger. God sent a hungry man to feel what we've been storing up. What God's been bottling up, I believe he just poured a little bit out today. We walked through the building. He's still shook. Don't know what to say. Gets in the parking lot. In the parking lot. My God, I still feel what I felt in that room. He said, I can't be here the next two Sundays, but we're coming. Me and my wife will be in this church in two weeks. I say that for the glory of God. When you need the spirit of your mind renewed, there's power in prayer. Sometimes you just may need to go to the prayer room. It may be on a Monday morning. It may be on a Thursday. Whatever the day. Sometimes just doing it, action, produces a shift in your mind. We've been walking through this building. We've been, we did it for 10 days. People walking through praying. And we're feeling now the effects of it. Start doing something for God. Use your testimony. That discouragement will leave. That anger. You'll begin to, man, I, normally that would have rattled my chain. But now, I can handle this. I want to encourage you tonight. Stay aware of your feelings or the spirit of your mind. Stay aware of it. Because there's some triggers. I wasn't expecting that today. Be aware of it. Identify your feelings. Psalms 42 5. Why, my soul, are thou downcast? Why you so disturbed within me? This is David pinning. Pinning this. Why are you, why my soul are you down? He's asking, why are you so downcast? Why are you disquieted? Hope thou in God. He didn't understand why his soul was so downcast. He did not understand why he was so disturbed. But he quickly came to the conclusion. Hope thou in God. God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. One translation said, put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Sometimes it's good to have a conversation with yourself. Sometimes it's good to just talk to yourself and say, hey, I know this ain't right. I don't understand why I'm feeling the way I'm doing, but I'm going to put my hope in God. I don't understand why I'm feeling what I'm feeling. My feelings are, you know, my emotions are just kind of out of But I'm going to put my hope in God. Put your hope in God. It's easy to have conversations with others. That will only make it worse sometimes. Putting it on Facebook doesn't solve very many problems. But if you understand, this is a temporary feeling. It too shall pass. My hope will be in God. Here, here's what identify and be honest with your feelings. That don't mean announce them. Just be honest about them. Many think being honest is announcing how you feel. Be honest with yourself. Don't deny your feelings because it will remain in you. 
Many don't want to claim negative feelings as their own like fear, jealousy, inferiority. That's difficult to have. But when you're honest with yourself, I have, when, you're, when you're dealing with things, confession breaks the stronghold. Confession breaks that permanency that the enemy would love to put in your life and try to get you to be. This is now what was temporary now becomes permanent. But if you're, hey, I, I, I agree. I deal with fear. You know what? When you confess that, you break the permanency. And you know what? It's no longer in secret. But then you begin to fight it with the spirit of your mind. My hope is in Christ. My hope is in God. Why should I fear? Why should I worry? Why should I be battling? Then you're going to get, hey, I'm not as fearful as I used to be. My hope and my help comes from the Lord. That will happen when we're honest with ourselves. I, I found this. If you are struggling, The spirit of your mind, I said this in my opening comments, are affected by what you hear. Listen to uplifting and inspirational music. When Saul was fighting the demons, who did he call? He'd call David. When he was tormented, he called, come, bring the minstrel, bring David in here. He began to play. I cannot overemphasize the uplifting, the spiritual music that you listen to. And I could flip that coin and I could say the detriment of listening to music that would take you down a trail of your past or take you down uh, memories and, and reactivate some spirits that would affect the spirit of your mind. Listen to positive music. Listen to positive podcasts. It will work wonders in your life. Listen to positive and compelling preaching. It's okay to listen to good apostolic preaching. It will help the spirit of your mind. Romans 10, 17. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. What one hears affects how we feel. I'll drive my wife crazy listening to preaching. So we ha I had to put air ear pods in my, in my ears sometimes. Not all the time. But I love listening to preaching. Man, I can, oh. I can just about pull over on the side of the road and get out and take a lap around the car sometimes. Listening to good I want to encourage you. We're talking about renewing the spirit of our mind. If you're not doing that, do it. It will work wonders in your life. I debated on whether to share this one, but monitor your energy level. Your energy level will affect the spirit of your mind. Well, I'm just tired all the time. I don't feel like doing anything. I just feel like going to the bed, pulling the covers up over our head. Now, sometimes those are legitimate feelings. You're just tired. You're exhausted. Your schedule. We talked about this, the schedules earlier. But if you don't monitor your energy level, you'll be vulnerable to negative feelings when you're drained of energy. But energy can be created. The desire to want to live. The desire to want to be involved. The desire that can be created by a little exercise. I know this is so practical. 
Maybe just walking around your driveway. My wife just, hey, the weather's changing. We're going to do some more walking. Good eating habits will affect your energy levels. God created our bodies for physical activity. Some of us in this room, right, we walk and we're going 90 to, our ADD kicks in and we're just going 90 to nothing. And then we finally crash. Then we get up and do it again the next day. But if I could tell us this, and you receive it in the spirit of love, give yourself permission to play. I just believe sometimes a good round of golf keeps the devil away. Some of you ladies, a good shopping trip just help the mood of the mind. And husbands, slip her a hundred every now and then and say, go enjoy yourself. Ain't that right, Sister Martha? Retail therapy, my wife says. It may be going to the grocery store. It may be going to Walmart. It may be going to a bed and breakfast. It may be whatever that looks like. Whatever your therapy looks like, do it. It'll affect the spirit of your mind. Well, I thought I'd get more amens on that one. I'm going to just tell you a good early morning deer hunt. Sure does make for a bad day for the devil. I ain't going to. You just give yourself permission to have fun. Just because you got the Holy Ghost, time out from being sad all the time. Well, I got the Holy Ghost, but I ain't got the energy to move. Get up and get going. Get out of that cave. Start living. Start exercising your faith and your body. And understand there's whatever you've been through, there's life after that. There's joy after that. And surround yourself with the right people. Some people are resourceful and others are draining. Sometimes we got to cope with some, but don't let those deplete your energy. You ever left some conversation and you just say, I'm glad that's over. I feel like I just worked eight hours over the last 30 minutes. Think about it. There are those that drain you and then those that energize you. Man, we can conquer the world. We can do whatever we put our mind. Well, I don't know. We got too many Eeyore Christians. You need to know who Eeyore. Go do that. Research him afterwards. Go look up Winnie the Pooh and Eeyore. It'll help you. We don't need any more Eeyore Christians. We need those that are, I believe God can do anything. I believe this is my greatest day. I believe this is my greatest hour. I believe this is the greatest time to be born again of the water and of the Spirit. And I'm going to surround myself with people who will feed me, not drain me. Jesus had three levels of interaction. He had the crowd. He ministered to and talked with the crowd. But then he had 12 disciples. Those were his close friends he socialized with and interacted with more frequently. He ate with them. He, he, if you could, I, I believe he kicked off his sandals and he sat around a living room and he felt comfortable with those 12. But then he had three close, Peter, James, and John. They were the BFFs of Jesus Christ. They protected him. They had chemistry. Peter had the courage. John was young and energetic. 
And James was a pillar of faith. When you got those three on your side, you conquered the world. Surveys show when people socialize, 82% of the time they are in a better mood. This is, a, this is an unselfish plug for community life groups, Brother Wesley. Get involved in one. I don't want to hear anybody say, oh, I sure wish we did some fellowship. Don't come to me with that. We got 18 opportunities for you to fellowship. I'm smiling big right now. Find a group. We can meet over a, a knitting, crocheting, painting, food, prayer, end time. And the list could go on and on and on. Find a group and get involved. This will help you. Fellowship helps the spirit of the mind. Somebody say, I need this. Seek out positive people, not draining people. <laughs> Friendships are relationships. They take work. Step out of your comfort zone. You'll find out you're not alone when you step across the aisle and get to know someone else. You never know what they've been through. Well, I feel like I'm the only one that's ever been through what I've been No. I probably can guarantee somebody in this room has been through where you are, what you're going through. But you'll never know when the seat holds you hostage. But a, just a gentle handshake and a gentle connection. Hey, my name is Shane. What is your name? It's so good to have you today. You from the area? Man, we're so honored that you came today. Hope you enjoy your time in worship. Love to connect with you. You could be that voice of connection that could change the world. I want to encourage you to be intentional in 2023 and stretch yourself. It's easy to walk through those doors, find a seat, and go right out. I got tunnel vision. Came to church, check. I came in lonely and left lonely. But if I took five minutes, don't worry about the restaurants. Don't worry about what you're going to do. I'm going to get my mind off of my desires and my needs. And I, hey, I may even show up 30 minutes early just so I can be around people, so I can get to know somebody, find somebody to talk to, find somebody. Hey, you'd be surprised at the power of socializing, trying to come to a quick close. Build yourself up in faith. We're talking about renewing the spirit of the mind. Jude 1 and 20, but you dear friends, by building yourself up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Ghost. I don't think we have enough of those. We've got enough tearing ourselves down. How about building up ourselves in our most holy faith? And what if we flipped the switch and started started praying in tongues, praying in the Holy Ghost. God put that spirit, his spirit inside of you for us to exercise it. Psalms 139, 14, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Psalms 27, 3, I'm calm as a baby when all hell breaks loose. 
I'm collected and cool. I like what the King James says. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. The war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. Psalms 34, 4, take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Psalms 41, 12, because of mine integrity, you uphold me and set me in your presence forever. Sometimes no one can lift you but you. Well, I come in on Sundays, Pastor, I want you to lift me up. Pastor, I want you to get me up on my feet. Sometimes I can't, but you can. You build yourself up. Don't wait for a Sunday or a Wednesday. Do this every day. And when you come on Sunday, you're already up. And then we can encourage somebody else. Get up. There may be a guest coming that, that are going to sit beside you. And, man, they've had a bad week. And by your inspiration and by your worship, you know what? They're going to get up. Paul said it like this, I think myself happy. When you think on the goodness of Jesus and all that he has done, by nature, sometimes it's easier to meditate on what he hasn't done yet. But why don't we flip the script and say, I will worship him and praise him for what he has done. And I will rejoice in that, and that alone will give me faith for the future. I just, if he never did another thing for us, he's still worthy of praise. If he never answered another prayer, he's already done enough for us. Uh, that when we come in on a Sunday or a Wednesday to church, uh, there ought to be hand clapping and a voice lifted toward heaven uh, because he's been good to us already. Somebody say lighten up. Lighten up. We don't, well, I don't know of anybody in here that just loves to get on a scale. Why? Because scales tells us how much we weigh. It tells the truth and shames the devil. But what, what would happen or what would be great is a weight that we could weigh our spirit. And would it tell us tonight you're too heavy. You're carrying too much. You're worried about too much. I believe that would be the word to end this message. Some of you need to lighten up a little bit. The load that you're carrying is too heavy for you. The smile has been replaced with a frown. The life that you thought you would enjoy has now become a life of dread. You only see the bad and refuse to see the good. Praise has become an unfamiliar language. There's no celebrating. Laughter is an uncommon sound in your life. But if you would hear your pastor tonight, Lighten up. God did not create you to live a life in bondage and heaviness. But he did give us this. 
Come unto me all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I will ease and relieve and refresh your soul, the Amplified says. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. Oh, and I love this. Brother Sparks, it says, and ye shall find rest for your soul. How could this be so easy? For my yoke is easy. For my yoke is wholesome. My yoke is useful and good. It's not harsh. It's not hard. It's not sharp. It's not pressing. And my burden is light and easy to be born. The choice to lighten up. The choice to renew the spirit of your mind is a step of faith. Some have even said these words, I want to be happy, but I can't. Faith says, I refuse one more day to let my problems weigh me down. I refuse one more day to be discouraged. I refuse one more day for my problems to keep me from being happy. Hardly one week goes by that something doesn't go wrong around the church, in our lives, whether it be relational, health crisis, financial. This phone literally rings sometimes nonstop. But those things try to steal our joy, try to consume our thoughts, and try to silence our laughter. But I can't think of a better way to end this service than by us standing to our feet. And there be a surrender unto God. A renewal of the spirit of our mind. Abraham Lincoln, the 16th president of the United States, was known in his early years as a depressed, melancholy human being. His law partner, William Herndow, said in 1841 about him, melancholy dripped from him as he walked. But in 1963, Civil War bringing heat to his life, said, The year that is dawning to a close has been filled with the blessings of fruitful fields and heartful skies. These bounties are so constantly enjoyed that we are prone to forget the source from which they come. I don't know what happened between 1841 and 1863. Because in fact Lincoln would not hire a marketing manager in 1863 because he said, I don't like his face. The person didn't smile enough for the president. One thing I believe Abraham Lincoln did, he learned to surround himself with people who would lift his spirit. In fact, he used to combat his low moods by sitting with friends before going to bed, telling jokes and laughing. 
He was criticized by newspaper reporters for joking while soldiers were dying. His response was to quote Proverbs 17.22. Laughter doeth good like a medicine. I close with this instruction. You must manage the spiritual renewing of your mind by enjoying life, keeping a positive attitude, and trusting in God in all things. When I do those simple steps, sometimes you got to laugh to keep from crying. Sometimes you got to cry in those seasons, but somewhere in the process, as you grasp through the mental moods and manage those as discreetly and spiritually as you can, may we rise from the dust. May we rise from wherever life may carry us with a determination in our heart. That God's been good to us. And therefore I will rest in him. And my hope will always be in him. Would you lift your hands all over this house. I want to pray right now. Father in the name of Jesus. There are those in this room. God, that are battling, they are waging war with the renewal of their mind. The spirit of their mind is struggling right now. They walked into this service. They're feeling the multitude. The multitude of emotions have plagued them. The multitude of the emotions of life have crippled them. But in the authority of the Holy Ghost, in the authority of the Holy Ghost, I speak hope into your life. I speak restoration into your spirit. I speak your mind will begin to function. You will come out from underneath the cloud in the grip of depression and oppression. You will stand in the sanctuary with the body of believers, with worship on your lips and praise in your hands as you declare the wondrous works of our God. If you believe that, would you just do that right now in your own way hallelujah oh let a hallelujah roll let a hallelujah roll some of you have faced so many circumstances and so many just issues of life that just by you standing here tonight is nothing short of a miracle Keep fighting, weary soldier. Keep living. Keep sharing the goodness of God in the land of the living. It's by your testimony and by your example that you're going to be the strength and the encouragement for somebody else. Would you do this for pastor this week? Would you give a smile away to somebody? Smiles are free. Don't cost you anything. Give a smile this week to somebody. Let a smile. You don't ever know what a smile will do. A smile could be all that somebody needs to believe again, to hope again, to believe in humanity again, to believe in church again. How many are sitting in their homes tonight? I'll never give it another try. I'll never go back into another church. But your smile 
could turn the tide. Thank you so much for being at Bible study. To all of our all of our guests, we're going to do our best to make you feel so welcome. I tell us all the time, we'll make, we're going to treat you so many ways. I hope you like one and want to come back. That's the way we operate here. Why don't you socialize for a few moments, and God bless you. And I look forward to what God's going to do in this house on Sunday. It's going to be a day to remember in Jesus' name. Invite somebody to come with you. Don't forget, it's Rise Up this Sunday. All of your kids, all of those kids in the appropriate ages will be having their kids' service. So get your grandkids. Bring your kids to church Sunday. Let's pack this house out. It's springtime. Let's spring forward into what God has for us. In Jesus' name.